Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Good day, friends and family. Welcome to the here and now and this extra special podcast with Unity Grace. Now, there are a few podcasts out there that I've done and that I do that are pretty mind-blowing, and uh, this is definitely one of them. Um, Unity Grace is an oracle, and we go into what that means. She's a natural shaman, uh, an ascension guide, and she has done some very interesting things in her life. Um, I'd recommend checking out this one on YouTube because you get to see her glowing, beautiful face and her energy. Um, So we dive deep on this one. It's two parts. Uh, We explore the power of word and sound, uh, her story, reconnecting with the elementals of the planet and why they're upset, uh, what it means to be an oracle, understanding brainwaves, frequencies, and dimensions, Unity's mind-blowing sci-fi real-life stories, Gene Keys, the pineal gland as a sonar, the hundredth monkey effect and activating Christ consciousness, why the Vatican is hiding powerful sacred books, being your own master and tending your mental garden, the six core wounds, the sacred power of water, and so much more. So this is a fantastic episode. Uh, They're both amazing, so I know you're going to love them. Uh, Definitely recommend checking this one out on YouTube, just again, because you get to see her glowing face. Um, So yeah, really powerful episode. If you guys want to support the show, uh, the best way to do that is to leave a review in iTunes. And I just want to thank you for the people who've been, you know, doing that. This one comes from Cosmic Chancho, which is just an amazing name. It's one from a while back. Um, It just says, excellent stuff. Every podcast Matt has done has been mind-blowing. I've listened to uh, some several times to absorb it all. So much good stuff to process and reflect on. If you are looking to grow, this podcast will definitely help with that. Peace and love. So nice and simple, practical. Thank you, Cosmic Chancho, for taking the time to uh, leave a review and inspire others to listen to the podcast. Uh, Sharing them is also appreciated and helps get the word out there. As I said a couple episodes back, uh, because of you lovely people and people sharing, I made it to the top five list from Collective Evolution and also from Truth Theory on the most mind-expanding podcasts. And uh, in the article, it even said, you know, nothing is too hokey or out there, which means it's like, it's really out there and that's what I want, but I want it to be grounded in experts, you know, like grounded in people who um, I think that are that are telling the truth. And it could be mind-blowing to some, um, but it could be, you know, everyday occurrences for somebody else. So that's what I'm looking for. And that's what I like to enjoy uh, myself is just my own mind expansion, my own experiences that are just beyond words. And I've had a few in my life. And so I like to um, just share those experiences. So if there's value um, in that experience, you know, without you having to have it or to even encourage, 
um, you to just um, break out of your own mental limitations because that's really what it's about. These different consciousness experiences, the more you expand your consciousness, the more you can expand your options and your personal freedom to reflect on your reality, your belief systems, uh, what your goals are, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it starts with expanding the mind and that just gives you more options. So, um, if you guys want, you can check out the sponsors as well. Uh, Sync Tuition is epic. Uh, if you go to bit.ly forward slash gamma waves, you're going to get three free uh, binaural beat tracks that are gamma wave brainwave entrainment in 3D sound. So they're incredible. And I have my other sponsors and affiliates at mattbelair.com forward slash store. And you have things like the Arc Crystal, which is out of this world. Uh, check that out over there. You have uh, Procabulary. You have a few other things that are my friends and more stuff's coming on. So check out the store. There's lots of free stuff. Most of them will give you a free sample and discounts. Um, you got my friend Jay Styles from iPyramids. Those things are completely bonkers. Uh, we had them all set up at uh, the Oregon Eclipse and people were like, what is this thing? So they're very powerful uh, futuristic devices that uh, you know I'm all about. So there's going to be more cool stuff going on over there. So before we get into the episode, uh, check out mattbelair.com, follow me on social media, and uh, sign up for the email list. You can get a free lucid dreaming ebook and meditation if you just go forward slash lucid dreaming, and that's it. So what I'd invite you to do before we get into this is to come into a state of peace and coherence, and you can do that anytime with three deep breaths. So what I'd like you to do is just stop whatever you're doing, or even if you're walking down the street and driving, you can do it with your eyes fully open. First, set the intention to come to peace and coherence. Then taking a deep breath in through your nose, imagine pulling in powerful white, platinum, golden, crystalline light into every cell and every molecule of your being. Hold that breath as you imagine that same light coming down from the universe, charging you and connecting you with source energy as you let that out slowly. And as you take in another deep breath in through your nose, just imagine powerful light from the earth being sent up through your feet, pulsing through every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being as that divine light from the universe comes down and it meets you in the center of your heart where I invite you to put your focus and as you focus on your heart, I want you to bring about a memory, a powerful memory of love and gratitude. Maybe somebody who you have a deep appreciation for, somebody you really love, could be even an animal, an experience, a parent. And as you pull this memory in this, in this person and begin to imagine them, I want you to connect to that feeling of love and gratitude. Just allow that feeling to double and amplify and amplify and amplify even more until you just are fully immersed in this powerful feeling of love and gratitude. And what I'd like you to do is send that energy out to that person. And send this energy out to your community, to everybody you met today, to everybody you've met in your life, to your friends, your families, your coworkers, to everybody around the world. Just send them love and gratitude, just wishing them all the best. And I'm sending you that energy. I'm sending you all my love and my gratitude and my support. May all your dreams come true and remember that you're whole, balanced, and perfect just as you are and just feel into that energy. And as you... Just sit with this energy. Just imagine that energy coming back to you tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold. And just allow yourself to receive love and gratitude for yourself. Feeling deep, deep coherence because, you know, you need to be able to 
be full of love in order to give love. You need to have balance to show people what balance is. So just allow yourself to experience that self-love and that support and that energy that you had sent out to everybody else. So there you go. We're in alignment. We are ready to get into part one with unity grace. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit Show. I am your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a natural shaman, avid explorer, gifted oracle, skilled communicator, bridge builder, and ascension guide, holding a deep love and reverence for all life. She has traveled inner and outer realms extensively, retrieving sacred wisdom to share for the empowerment of all. She refers to herself as a blueprint buster, empowering people to understand the blueprints we are born into while sharing guidance, tools, and techniques for transcending the limitations of our designs. She teaches the fine art of inner alchemy to balance all polarities within, guiding us to wholeness, self-awareness, and self-mastery. The natural world is her greatest teacher, and she has walked the grids and ley lines of the earth for seven years, praying with water, restoring the song lines, and carrying sacred bundles for the indigenous in the fulfillment of prophecies upon our earth. Her journey reads like a great sci-fi adventure. Sought out by many different groups on the planet for her oracle nature, she carries the wisdom of star knowledge and has been honored as a sacred keeper of this wisdom. She has developed relationships with the wisdom keepers of our times, from indigenous elders to quantum physicists, sharing her own unique voice to support collective awakening. Welcome to the show, my friend, Unity Grace. Aloha. I'm so excited to be here with you, Matt, and and all your listeners. I had a lot of friends Mm -hmm. tap in and go, wow, it's so cool. You're on with Matt Belair. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm excited to have you here. You know, a little backstory for the listeners. Um, I had the privilege to watch you speak at a panel. I had heard about you before that and, and uh, with my friend John. And so I got to hear some of the incredible things that you are up to and that you're doing. Um, you know, some of the stories are a bit mind blowing. And then, you know, that Burning Man was very special because there was a really um, big native elder collective and they were sharing wisdom and they have a lot of knowledge that's not very not you know, common knowledge, which, which I find interesting. So you're really woven into that culture as well. So you can get, share some light on all that fun stuff. So before we go into it, do you want to just give a little bit of background about who you are, like walking the ley lines Like you just, you're just doing it. It's amazing. Well, uh, thank you so much. It's just so great here. Uh, great to be here with your amazing energy and thank you for for what you're doing to bring forth all kinds of sacred wisdom and just share and bring the message out. It's really all about communication now and about everybody activating their voice. And um, I guess I'm just guided to jump right in that right now we are on this day in a super sacred alignment with Saturn and Mercury, right um, aligned with galactic core. And the way that could be described is that they are aligned with the core of creation itself, where we and earth and all of creation came from. And Mercury is the messenger. Mercury is the voice. Mercury is the storyteller. And Saturn is the patriarch. But Saturn is also structure. 
And so Saturn has kind of this twofold personality. It's the old that's falling away. Well, at the same time, it's the energy to create the container of the new. And how are we going to create the container of the new? Through activating our voices through every single person on this planet, rising up into the power of the voice, the throat chakra, to write a new script through sound. Because the first there was sound to bring matter into form. So I guess just a little... Um, piece about myself my bio kind of describes it but it really has been a sci-fi journey of the last seven or eight years I went for a swim on a cave on the island of Kauai and when I came out my Merkaba was completely ignited and um, I knew that my life had changed forever and it's like a two-way broadcasting system started in my head and it just direct downloads started coming through Here's what we need you to do to help liberate the planet, to unlock the waters of the earth. And I didn't know what song lines were. I didn't know what grids and ley lines were. Um, but the energy that was coming through was so precise that I really started to listen and follow. And so I began this amazing mystical journey that didn't make any sense to the rational mind. And when I listened to the messages, um, mystical experiences would occur. And they were the confirmation. They were the carrot that was dangled in front of me to have me keep going, to keep stepping outside of what my rational mind was telling me was crazy and to keep following this path. And so the path um, took me deeply into the realms of the indigenous wisdom keepers on the planet um, carry of their sacred bundles, praying with water, climbing military fences, guidance showing me where the aquifers of the planet were, the guidance coming through and saying all we need is for humanity to say that we remember that we're listening, that we're tuning into the elementals again, that we remember that that bond between spirit and matter, that at the heart of it is the elementals and that we have to restructure and reform our relationship with the elementals in order to bring forth a new earth. And so um, it's been a very mystical path. I say it's like a 13 part science fiction movie. And, um, you know, I love to share the stories when they're relevant, but really what the stories are is inspiration for others to trust their internal guidance to step outside the box. And the more that we listen to our heart, the more we listen to our intuition, the more we listen to our passion and what lights us up, the more we're going to start to bring forth this beautiful new earth together collectively. And really, that's what I'm, I'm here to support in every way that I can for people to rise into their gifts, rise into their self-empowerment and um, do this together. This is what we ship for. Amazing. That's awesome. You touched on a lot of things there, which are really relevant, actually, because uh, my friend Jay Campbell, who reads ferociously, really smart guy, um, and he's in a group called the Dakotas of Truth. And this is where, you know, people who are, you know, looking at the world from, a, like, let's say an analytical mind, um, you know, and they're checking out how our world is run. And, uh, you know, you're trying to figure out fact from fiction, whether it's conspiracy or whatever the case is. So you get into ETs and, and these mystical things. And so in the rational mind, it's one thing, right? And you can get so far, but a direct experience, like, you know, having your Merkaba open up and for people who don't know what that is, is it like your spaceship? How do you describe it? 
Well, it's a great question. Yeah, it's definitely your spaceship. It's your birthright home to the stars. So um, some people or most people now are starting to become familiar with chakras. So these energy vortexes that exist within our body. And, you know, a lot of people understand what an aura is. It's the energy field around the body. And so um, when our, our chakras are not all working together, we are like um, a car or an airplane that all of its parts, its mechanical parts are not working together. So is the plane going to take off? Is the car going to drive? So as we start to learn, everything in creation is mechanical. The spirit is the inspiration behind the mechanical. It's like the fuel for the car, the fuel for the jet plane. The mechanics of creation is what we're beginning to understand. It's what the wisdom keepers have always held for us. And if we come back to understanding the mechanics of how this reality works and how our bodies work and how our personalities, how it all fits together, body, mind, spirit, which is what all your, your work is about, then we can get ourselves back into the center of our driver's seat, back into the center of our car, our light ship, whatever we want to call it. So the Merkaba is the fully activated energy field that has the capacity to transcend time and space and operate interdimensionally. So it gives us the capacity to move through many realms of dimensionality once again. When the Merkaba is not working, we're very much contained in three-dimensional time and space. So this, this, I always say, this is our birthright, the restoration of our sovereignty, which is our energy. It's like bringing the fuel, bringing the energy back into the center of the, the plane, the fuel tank. And once the energy is back in the fuel tank, then we can begin to ignite the engine so that the system can operate properly again. And that's, that's what we're moving into is the reclamation of our multidimensionality and the ability to be able to move through realms, move, you know, you mentioned like ETs and there's all these different realms that are simultaneously existing and quantum physics shows us this, that uh, frequency shows us this, different frequency bands, a really simple way to describe it is radio stations. How can all those radio stations be out there coming through the same little box called the radio? because they're just on a different frequency. That's exactly the same with all the dimensions around us. They're all inside this same box, just a slightly different frequency. So in getting our energy fields reactivated, it gives us the capacity to begin to steer and guide our ship into these different radio stations, these different dimensional realms effortlessly at will. Amazing. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this is going to be good. Okay, so uh, you know the first comment that you made, I had so much to say, and so you're gonna. Uh, this is going to be a nice two way. So when I was talking to Jay in this group, you know, a lot of the conversation we're having was, you know, he would say something like an archon or or something like that. Not everybody would have general knowledge on that, right? Same with a Merkaba. Some people would know what it is. Some people don't. Uh, but the idea of the of the podcast overall was to you know, to expand your consciousness, to begin to, you know, just to have a look and be a little bit more open-minded. You can still be skeptical, um, but, you know, be open-minded. And interestingly enough, 
um, you know, Dan Winter, his work has been coming up where he's saying that the elementals on the planet are upset with us. And this guy is a physicist mentored by Buckminster Fuller, who's going to be coming on the podcast. He has great YouTube videos that'll blow your mind. So you can check out his work. I've been through hours and hours of his stuff and I don't really get it. I'm, I'm starting to filter through it. Um, but I, I definitely believe him. And the other really interesting fact that you touched on right away is I'm reading the life and teaching of the masters of the far East. If you listen to the podcast a lot, you're probably bored of me saying that, but it's six books and you should read them all because they're incredible. But I literally just read the part about how it's explaining Jesus and these masters did the miracles, right? And he said, you know, basically it wasn't Jesus or the masters. None of them ever said that. They said it was using the divine principle, like God, nature, source, the thing that's beating your heart, you know, the thing that's making everything work. It's the divine creative principle and then when they use the word they connected with you know what that word meant you know like so if uh, it was healing he's like everything is already perfect you know you you connect with the absolute truth of the perfection of everything and you send that forth it's like connecting to the energy of the word you know the real essence of it and so it really got my my brain thinking about it and i was going to probably do a video on it because it just it, it talked about idle words, you know, idle words and idle thoughts. And when we level up in these dimensions and we level up in our life, you can even see when you change your thoughts, you change your words, you change your habits, your reality is going to change. That's how it forms. But it seems like in the dimensions that when you go up, it happens instantly. And for me, I'm kind of like a person that can see and experience these dimensions and I've visited them. And then I see people like you and I hear you speak and I'm like, oh my God, like that's a lot, you know, that's a lot. But like, I think that she lives there and she can bring back some information. So I'm just going to ask her some questions and hopefully give me a little bit more guidance on, on how I steer my own spaceship. So I don't know if you want to comment on any of that. Well, I'd love to because, um, in, in my very, very full adventure, um, I'm always talking about books that I'm guided to write, but I never get around to writing them. And one of them is um, Flight Lessons 101 and how to get back in the center of your mothership. And so that's a lot of the teachings that come through me is exactly that. And I love how you said maybe she's going to these other dimensions and bringing back information. That's exactly what I'm doing. And um, each one of us is doing that for each other. As we have more expansive experiences, we're bringing them and we're sharing them. There's a little bit of a David and Goliath story here because once you see the light and you be the light, there's a little bit of a factor of being that light in the sea of darkness. That's really the story of David and Goliath is the light surrounded by this massive sea of darkness and how easy it is for the darkness to swallow us up. And we're not talking darkness on a moralistic level. We're just talking darkness as in um, being asleep or ignorance. Ignorance just meaning not knowing, not having the knowledge of. So each time we go and we collect something outside the box and we bring it back, the invitation is to protect that, protect that seed, hold that seed like it is sacred because everything around us in our daily lives, as we return to our quotation marks, normal reality, everything in our normal reality is going to keep 
trying to reabsorb that piece of us back into the matrix, back into the darkness, back into the unconsciousness. There's an expression I use a lot, crabs in the bucket. And anyone who crab fishes knows that if you've got a bunch of crabs in the bucket and one tries to climb out, the other crabs will actually reach up and grab its leg and pull it back in. So when we are having these experiences, and a lot of the times, because I've shared some of my experiences, I've had brain maps that are shown um, globally that show that my, my brain frequencies have been in high gamma states for extended periods of time, meaning going beyond time and space. And when I share the experiences, a lot of people go into tears because they say, thank you, because you validated something that happened to me when I was five or 10 or yesterday. And I was just afraid to believe it. Everyone's telling me I'm crazy. No, we're not crazy. We're growing, we're evolving. Things should never stay the same. Nature shows us that everything is in constant flux and flow as our consciousness should be we've been in a container of linear lines that intersect they we've been like the dog on the leash in the backyard that's tied to a chain that runs from one fence to another and it just goes back and forth and back and forth we're very programmed by that left brain linear mind and i celebrate skepticism I, I welcome skepticism. I was a huge left brainer all of my life. And so all the scientists that started to bring forth the, the quantum physics, Nassim Haramine, Joe Dispenza, Bruce Lipton, all these um, you know, people who have broken, broken trail for us, they helped my left brain get comfortable with these experiences that I couldn't justify with my left brain, but I knew they were real. So my invitation to people is trust. When we experience something outside of the box, go with it, hold it close to your heart until you become more comfortable, until you find the answers that help all parts of your brain accept your experience. And once you find those answers, that aspect of the seeking is let go because now we can integrate and embody the experience, become the experience, and that lights up our DNA. DNA is all about light, and it's all designed to light up. Amazing. Awesome. Um, where do I start? Okay. So I love that you brought up Dr. Joe Dispenza because again, he was the topic of a lot of the last call and apparently he's written a new book that is really amazing. And I was, I was saying the story that when I went to his advanced, I went to his uh, progressive and then a five day advanced where you're essentially meditating all day. You've got brain wave scanners mapping out people there having really intense experiences that have happened to them, whether it's spontaneous healing of cancer or something like that, then they, they measure the brain waves and they shoot off the charts. And so, you know, I don't know what the numbers were, but brain waves, let's say it was like 10 to 80 was the norm. And the max they ever read was like 120 microvolts or something. And I don't know what the numbers are. Um, but then on, on his scans, they're up into hundreds of thousands, even millions. And so, you know, the, they're not common experiences yet. Um, but we are starting to bring back, you know, this information. And I knew that when he was sharing the stories, he had more. I knew that his abilities 
were far beyond what he was sharing because again i've been able to visit these realms it's like a little bit of a vacation you know every every now and then i get to go there and i'm like okay cool this is amazing it's so nice to be here it's so freeing oh my god it's like the most familiar loving safe Oh, it's just like, and then you come back and you're like, oh God, I'm back here. And then, and then, <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's harsh at first, but then there's so much beauty and, you know, love and creation here being human. We do want to be human, but holy smokes, it's a different experience. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, intense. And, and now it's starting to become a little bit more commonplace in, um, you know, talking about the gamma waves, we're, we're kind of, like you say, when, when these linear lines were stuck in these states. You know, and people aren't experiencing these states, so they don't have a reference point for them. Um, so I think that, you know, it's really incredible what you're experiencing. Um, and I do have a lot of questions about it. I don't know if this one is useful. Um, I'm just curious what it's like. Like, do you do you get to go there? Can you just go on command? And what is like navigating those realms like for you? And, and how much consciousness do you bring with you? And then if that's not a relevant question, but I'm just curious about that personally. Um, I'm just curious, you know, what you brought back, the most important pieces from studying with the native elders, do you, you know, um, that people might not know or because their culture is so different. I have a good friend, David Lombear Senapas, who's a native elder of the Mi'kmaq Nation. And it's such a it's it's such a different perspective, but they have such deep knowledge, like hundreds of years of information passed down, you know, and it's mind blowing information and people don't know it. And I know a bunch of it. And it's like a fraction of what he has. So I don't know if you want to chew on whatever whatever you like of that. Love to. I love back and <laughs> forth. It's so good. Um, okay, so in regards to my own personal experiences, I say that from the time I was a small child, my first eye was wide open. So most of us have calcification of the pineal gland. And for a whole variety of reasons, the pineal gland, I would equate with our sonar. And so all animals on the planet have sonar and the human sonar is the most shut down. How do we know they have sonar? Because animals migrate. All animals migrate. All animals, coyotes, lions, butterflies, birds, whales, whatever animal it is, they always follow the same path. What is that path? It's called an electromagnetic ley line. How do airplanes fly? Anyone who knows aviation knows that airplanes fly in straight lines from point to point. And once they get to a point, then they follow another straight line to another point. What are they following? The electromagnetic ley lines of the earth. So um, our sonar, our capacity to read all the dimensions has just been shut down. So it feels foreign to us, but we're learning to navigate. We're getting healthier. There's so much information now about decalcification of the pineal, about treating the body in different ways, feeding the body different foods and so on. So people's capacities are tuning back in. And then the Heart Math Institute has done profound work with the heart. And it shows how the heart is the greatest electromagnetic field in the body, much bigger than the brain. And the heart has an intuitive capacity. Um, so my own journey from the time I was a small child, um, you know, my, my earliest memory was from about three years old, standing on the stairs of my house and looking at someone who had come to the front door and being fully aware that I was able to read 
their past, present, future, and their highest potential timelines. And so I just had this capacity that I began to shut down. We all come in with these capacities and they're not nurtured or nourished the way that they are in traditional indigenous cultures. Lots of indigenous cultures recognize gifts when they come in with the children, so they're nurtured. So I always had that capacity. Around the age of seven, I really started to shut it down. I started to feel the pressure of life and the pressure of my own family's issues. And um, it was safer and it was easier for me to shut it down rather than feel we're all empathic. Around the age of 16, I started to have spontaneous out-of-body experiences. And I had no idea what they were and they were scaring me because they were so profound. And I was literally like walking through physicality. They were very lucid and I was seeing things and then those things would happen. So I shut that down. And it wasn't until um, probably my mid-30s that I started to have health issues. And um, I was diagnosed with a mass in my bowel. I had a spontaneous healing. I started uh, finding incredible naturopaths on my path who started to open me up to my own gifts. And that's when the guidance started to help me go back into my childhood and see how I had suppressed these gifts. So then I started to access them again, really through meditation. Joe Dispenza was, uh, is one of my great um, beloved mentors on the path. And I did quite a bit of his work. And just going back into meditation gave me access into massive realms of consciousness, of knowledge, of it's kind of like being at the center of the library for me. So I've never studied any of these things. I've probably read 10 books in my life. I don't watch movies. But when I access, I have the capacity to access the entire library. It wasn't until much later I understood why that is. And we can bring in the gene keys and the work of Richard Rudd later. But that's how I describe it. So my experiences allow me access into um, vaults of the libraries that perhaps most people can't currently access. And I'm able to very consciously bring the information back with me. And that's why um, I share in any way that I can. Uh, we're currently working on a whole new um, broadcast, uh, website, radio program, et cetera, et cetera. My dear friend Sandalfon and I call pureenergy.love to start sharing more of this wisdom on a regular basis because my blueprint is the oracle. And so it's the energetic that comes from the voice that's actually activating for others. Everyone is in the center of their own library. And as we come into our centered nature, something shifts in the frequency of our voice. And that carries a wave that is contagious. And it starts awakening everyone around us. And as everyone around us awakens, they start awakening everyone around us. So the voice is a really important piece of all of this. Um, so yes, my capacity, I would say, is exceptional. And I'm very grateful to have it. And I understand through my design that my role is to bridge what is beyond with what is here now. It's a messenger. Amazing. 
Okay, so I'm going to draw some bridges for people. Um, you know, I've heard and um, believe anyways that uh, when we activate this higher level of consciousness, whatever the case may be, or, you, you know, some people is like when you die and you go to the next dimension or you have more freedom, you can access all information instantly. You know, it's like if somebody learned it somewhere in the world, you can you can access that. So is that similar to kind of like how you experience it? Yes. Amazing. And if, and if so, I can just, can I just say one yeah, thing about that? Of course. Uh-huh. As, <laughs> as we expand, as we're liberated from our personality blueprint, which the spirit is electromagnetically connected to something called a blueprint, a personality, an ego. So the electromagnetics of the earth are shifting, which is what is allowing more people to wake up. Because as the electromagnetics begin to um, become less polarized, the spirit has more um, freedom, more liberation to release itself from its identity with its blueprint. And so as that happens, we realize there is no such thing as time. Time collapses. And we realize that everything is simultaneous. And at that point, we release our memory because we no longer need memory, because now exactly as you say, when we die, we come back to the center of everything. We have access to all that is simultaneously. So we can release all these things that we hold on to that give us security because our arm is long enough to reach any book in the library at any given moment. And we will only reach for that book if we are sourcing information that is of the highest potential for the collective in that moment. We don't hold on. We don't need to tell anything about ourselves because it's going to make us feel better. We're only going to access that which is going to advance the collective in the moment. That's amazing. Yeah, what that makes me think about is uh, Dan Winter when he talks about a shareable thought, a shareable wave. So the way the electromagnetics work when you're, you know, it basically is is your thought of highest good and highest service, or at least of service, and you're not, you know, you're not thinking about how you can go and stab him in the in the butt and you know, take his wallet or whatever the case is, you know, and so in that realm, it becomes much more important. And then it all, almost becomes like a law, but it's like a natural harmony. Um, so I think that's fascinating. And, you know, um, the personal blueprint is really interesting, you know, a take on the ego and, and just where we have this identity and we, we really want to keep it. It seems, you know, it's a, you're really fighting for it. And, um, it looks like we're having more opportunity to have a little bit more freedom. I'm just curious, you know, if you could, um, are there more than one Oracle? Can you like add me some, add on to some clarity, like for what that does, because I'll tell you a fascinating story for my buddy, Shore Slocum that was on, he was telling me that it was, it was along the lines. I don't know if he said it on the podcast, but he met this person that you could ask them any question and then they would know the answer. And apparently there are like four on the planet and my buddy Shore is like a friend, doesn't lie. And he's also done really interesting stuff like meditate 10 to 12 hours a night for like the last three years and talks about some wild stuff. So, you know, in my practice, that's not even a tenth as discipline because an hour is not, you know, I've accessed some interesting stuff. So, you know, I can only put two and two together and say, wow, like how many of those people are there? What are they doing? What are they doing? And how did... Can I ask some questions? What do I do with myself? How do I get more aligned? So that's kind of how that that cycle goes for me personally. 
Great question. Yes, there's many oracles on the planet. In fact, ultimately, we're all an oracle because once again, I'll go back to this book, The Gene Keys. I might as well just hold it up for anyone who hasn't heard of it by Richard Rudd. Um, one of, so this is about 64 codons in our human DNA. There's 64 building blocks and these building blocks make up our personality. And so they all have certain archetypal qualities. And one of the building blocks of the human personality is the oracle, meaning that gene is encoded in all of us. Some of us have it active on our personal blueprint. That does not mean that it's not accessible in all. It might just take a little bit more work for someone else to activate that. One of the visions I was given of one of the um, installations I would do at the festivals was this oracle dome. And, and that tradition of people coming in to see the oracle to ask questions. And so that's how the premise of the dome would be. People would come in to ask the oracle questions. And, and the guidance showed exactly how the dome was going to be set up. And it was going to be a lot of white light and white dream catchers and white bow fur cushiony seats. And they'd be surrounded by lights. And people would come to sit with the oracle. And then as they were like being bathed in all of this white light and sitting in the presence of the oracle, suddenly they would they would come to that moment of going, wait a minute, I am the oracle. And every single person that would leave the dome would leave the dome knowing they are the oracle because we have all of these gifts within us. The beauty of the path of what we call ascension is all about unity consciousness. It's about looking at another and saying, wow, those are super cool gifts that person has. I would like to know more about that within myself. So what do we do? We plug into each other so that we can learn from each other. We can share the gifts and those gifts can be activated in us in our own unique way. They'll never be activated in the same way. But the purpose of ascension is to bring us into unified consciousness, to stop being afraid of each other, to stop being copyright, you know, thinking that we own the wisdom of creation. It's, it's, it's just, it's for all of us to access. So as we plug into each other as puzzle pieces, as someone spends time sitting with someone who has the oracle activated in their blueprint, it starts activating the oracle in their blueprint. If someone has the digital library gene key activated in their blueprint and they sit with someone else, it's like that. It's like, what does nature show us? Nature shares. And when you see ants passing each other on a path, they'll always stop and they'll touch their little antennas. They're sharing information. That's the beauty of this time of unity consciousness, of us rising into this one unified field of grace is to share the information and say, yeah, you want to know how to do this? You bet. I'll sit down with you and I'll tell you how it works for me. And that's going to give you some handholds in your own personal climbing wall so that you can start to go, oh. And then the moment you have that experience, you go, ah, that's, that's exactly what she was talking about. That's what he meant. It's like sharing handholds in the climbing wall so that when you have the experience, Someone has languaged it for you. So now the handhold and the languaging that someone else provided click in together and you ignite that aspect of you. We all share the same DNA. We all have to work together.
Yep. Amazing. Love it. 100% agree. Um, hmm. I always want to go so many different ways with it as I'm just absorbing all of this. Are, in your perspective, is the DNA lighting up or what's the deal with that? We're getting more. I hear all these different things. So what's going on with that, in your opinion? Absolutely. Um, once again, Richard Rudd gives a great description in, in the Gene Keys. So um, the DNA is like a ladder, a Jacob's ladder, and it is structured to um, open up to more light. And so light is... Um, is an expansion in awareness, an expansion in consciousness, and the actual um, biological, physiological chemistry of the body is to turn into light. That's why we see all of these religious paintings of the enlightened ones with things like halos or light over their head, because those paintings are actually telling us that that's, we turn from carbon-based, 666, to uh, silica-based. And as we know, if you hold up a piece of carbon and you shine light through it, or you hold up a quartz crystal and you shine light through it, you're going to see more light through the quartz crystal. That's exactly what the DNA is doing. As we awaken and our consciousness um, shifts, we open to more light. And so I speak in metaphors. That's one of the things about oracle teachings is they're all metaphorical. And the purpose of the metaphor is that they give people an aha moment so that anyone can apply it, whether you're five or 95. It doesn't matter who you are. The metaphor goes, ah, that makes sense. So the metaphor that I use in terms of the light is this. When I coach people, anytime we're triggered, I'm like, oh, thank you. The trigger is a blessing. Because the trigger is showing us a fragmented aspect of the self. And if we project our reaction to that trigger out into the world, if we flip out because someone dented our car, if we are super sad because, you know, something happened in our life or whatever, that's like spilling the energy out into the world. So the metaphor I use is that when we're triggered, creation is giving us a serving of light and it's going to see what we do with it. If a baby is sitting in a high chair and you put food on their little table and they take that food and look at it and then fling it at the wall, that's a reaction. That's like us reacting and letting our emotions spill all over the place. If the baby takes the food and puts it in their mouth to nourish and grow, if we take the trigger within and we just sit with the energy of it rather than let it be a reaction, we're taking a serving of light from creation like the baby is taking a serving of food. And by just being present to the energy of the reaction itself, that's the magic of inner alchemy. It's self-mastery. Every path of self-mastery knows it, whether it's karate or a ballerina who's, who's the pro in the world. It's always about dropping the story that we attach to energy and feeling the energy, being with the energy, because this too will pass. And if we can be with the energy, we're shedding more of the carbon base, we're shedding more of what we're not, called the shadow, the ego self, I, 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 
and we're filling with light. And it's an actual physiological process, which all science shows us is true. So um, that's the metaphor I use with the light. And in every moment we have a choice. Do you want to keep being the baby who throws the food at the wall? And then you're not going to have any liberty to feed yourself. You're going to be spoon fed again until you get it together. Or do you want to use this information and become the Bruce Lee of your movie? Like just pick a master that you love and use that as your motivation and inspiration to say, that's what I want. The Masters of the Far East, the series of books you're reading. Let's get ourselves elevated so we can start playing with our true spidey gifts, levitation, teleportation, think apple, produce apple in the palm of the hand. Let's get to the place where we can start playing with these higher gifts of creation while we're in physical form. That's where the fun is at. Not dredging it out in the shadow. Yep. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, you know, when you talked about holding the energy, I had a deepening of the understanding um, because in Zen, they'll just talk about sitting in the flame, you know, sit, you know, you're just like sitting in that that energy and it might not be ideal. And, you know, originally I saw it as like, okay, yeah, sit in it and just be comfortable with the flame. But it seemed uh, it just like it was uh, uncomfortable. But this way it kind of is like it's still uncomfortable, but it's, you know, it's shedding off the body, the physical form, the carbon actually literally shedding um physical matter, DNA or whatever the case is. And I find it very interesting because it does go back to physics. And that's what Dan Winter is showing. You know, I, I listened to his recent one is like the physics of ascension. And in the Masters of the Far East, they're like, all of these miracles are just science you don't understand yet. Where you this is all natural law. So it's just really, really fascinating. Um I guess where I want to go with this, I kind of wrote down a few different questions because um, you'd be a really good uh, person to to answer this. But okay, so I'll kind of rant a little bit. Um, the one thing that it came up for me recently again was just the just seeing like the the starvation on the planet and things like the things that are like people really really suppressed. You know, sometimes that's overwhelming for me, just feeling really sad. And so it's like, how do we? You know, how can I, even with all the gifts that I have living in Canada and all the luxuries that I have, I still mess up, you know, sometimes just do stupid stuff and have a podcast on consciousness, but then I'm not like, you know, I practice really, really well, but sometimes it could feel like I could be doing a lot better, you know, and then sometimes like, what about the people that are like, you know, really in suffering? Um, do you have any like insight on that? Just like help people feel good and like, you know, cause I, I'll talk about empowerment, but how do I empower that being, you know, um, for me, it comes back to, you know, empowering myself. So I have more power and freedom, you know, teach yourself to, to swim idea, then you can save as many as you can. But just curious if you have insight on that, cause sometimes it gets over, it gets overwhelming. It's such a good question. Uh, my whole childhood, I like I started volunteering at the hospitals as a candy striper when I was eight years old, going into children's rooms to cheer them up. I've worked with the and volunteered like hundreds and hundreds of hours with humane societies and Oxfam and all of it. My whole life was how do we help the suffering on the planet? And 
as well getting really overwhelmed with the pain of the suffering of humanity and then realizing exactly what you say is that in order to save someone we have to swim and it's why the Dalai Lama said the Western women will change the world it's why Nelson Mandela and all the other greats said be the change because the chain re change resides within and my DNA and your DNA are communicating non-locally, meaning if I change myself, it changes all DNA on the planet. And we come to this whole thing of the hundredth monkey principle and knowing that if enough of us focus on that internal change, that doesn't mean don't be in action every day. It means spend an equal amount of time uh, evolving the self as taking action in the world. Matter, as Joe Dispenza always teaches, matter, you can't change matter from matter. You have to go into the, to the higher etheric or energetic planes to change matter. That's how people have spontaneous healings, by going into higher states of consciousness. So we live in this Nike, just do it world, busy, busy, busy. And there's so much unproductivity in that busyness that is consuming our energy that we could be taking. I mean, you look at other countries like you see in Thailand, you know, there's like a million children meditating together or whatever. You see these things on, on the Internet. And you go like, oh, my God, North America, we're just the worst because there's all this beautiful stuff going on on mass scales for peace and and balancing the internal world every day. So this is what I say. I say, I don't care who you are. I don't care who I am. I care about who I be. And as I was really starting to awaken, I started to look at my actions and go, wow, like if creator came down and told me that I had five minutes left to live, how would I feel about the actions in my last five minutes? How would I want to be remembered and how would I want to remember things? And that's when I started to really realize that what really is important is who do I be in every moment while taking action? Because I can be this action-packed person and a total jerk. Or I can be an action-packed person fully aligned with source, knowing in totality that what is coming through me is of the highest. If I'm unconscious, then I'm not aware of what's coming through me. If I'm conscious, then everything coming through me is conscious, whether it looks like it to the other egos around me or not. So we have to make that reconnection with source within ourselves, such that we are fully consciously aware of what is coming through us and what we're doing in each moment. And that is going to change the world because we know the old paradigm is falling. It is falling. We see it everywhere. I know from my own journey, which has taken me into the depths of the realms of some of the biggest players on the planet. I know it's falling. While it's falling, we need the imaginal cells that Bruce Lipton talks about, the less than 1%, to go forth and start creating something new. And the only way we can start creating something new is to first transform our relationship with ourself and each other and show up in every moment, not as perfect, just with the willingness 
to be responsible for who we be. And so on my own path, once again, um, you know, my ex and I had a, a business together for 20 years. And when I was unconscious, he was the brunt of all my blame and my frustration and everything. And one day I was like, you know, he's a really nice guy. I don't want to do this to this person anymore. And so I started owning my actions. And if I was triggered and I took it out on him, I, the moment I realized it, I would go back and go, I just want to let you know, I was just triggered and it has nothing to do with you. And that was so hard at first because the ego hates to be smoked out. It hates to be revealed. And I realized that this was my liberation, was my willingness to humble my ego in any moment that I felt I had taken an unconscious action. And I'm the first person in the moment that I realized something was unconscious to come back and own it because it liberates me from an aspect of the self that is not conscious. And that's how we change the world. And in the meantime, more and more of us come to that place and we become super efficient at creating new structures and new ways of being that will serve the 7 billion, 8 billion people on the planet and help those who are below poverty line, who are just striving to get a meal or clean water. It is our responsibility as we awaken to be responsible for who we be. And then we will magnetize to us all the right co-players. Open from the heart. Creativity comes from the heart. That's what I realized with all the indigos that started coming in my life, all the 20-somethings. They were so full of creative ideas and they were all heart. They share everything. They're like, you know, there's eight couches in the room and we're all crammed on one couch. And their heart is generating imagination and expansive ideas. And now all they need is support and finances to help bring these things to fruition. Things that will help everyone on the planet. So it's it's happening and it's speeding up now. And we just passed a gateway, the 1111 gateway, November the 11th. It's very precious to the Star Knowledge family. I've carried the bundles for the Star Knowledge family for several years. They work with 1111, 1212, 1313. And so November 11th is a stargate. It's like if you look at how a time clock, you know, uh, inside a grandfather clock, things keep turning. And then they come back to the beginning point. You could say 1111 is one of those points. And as we pass through this 1111 this year, it's like much of the human consciousness has graduated into free energy. We're about to step forth into a whole new frontier. It's already happening now. So the more people that stay aligned and do their work with the triggers in every moment, be okay with the uncomfortable within, the more incredible and accelerated this process is going to take place. was incredible. I'm really glad I asked that question. <laughs> I feel better. I I agree with everything that you're saying. I, I'm, you know, on my own work and in, in trying to figure out my own consciousness, my own life experience, uh, my own service, I resonate with everything. That's pretty much the exact same way I feel. So it's nice to hear it outside of you and put in a very beautiful way. So I appreciate that. 
Um, I should be I asking kind of go back questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I wanted to ask if you have any deeper information on the um, the hundredth monkey effect because that's something that I believe as well, and I've heard come up multiple times. Is when a certain amount of people reach Christ consciousness, then all of a sudden it's going to ripple out, you know. So I'm not exactly sure how it will work, but something along the lines of say maybe a hundred people or two hundred people reach Christ consciousness. Does this mean that everybody then just levels up? instantly and everyone's like in it all of a sudden and do you know what that actual number is and do you know if there's any um people that are at that level now and do you know if jesus is here and this is a serious question for people who don't think it is because i've heard that he has reincarnated back i've never said that on the podcast but i'm just curious if you, I've, i heard about that from somebody i was like is he really i was like oh shit that'd be amazing <laughs> I'd be super stoked. Like Bruce Lee reincarnated. Like get it, get everybody's got to come back because you know. So it's like you guys have really effed up this place. We've had to send back all of the Avengers because you don't know what you're doing. You know. I was like, oh, thank you. Like this is comforting. Please, you know, help. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, it's, it's definitely one great human collective of archetypes and stories. It's a great. It's so much fun. Um, so hundredth monkey for sure a simple example of his hundredth monkey true all you have to do is take a huge dam of water and put a small hole in it and see how long it takes for the dam wall to come down the berlin wall came down in a day there is momentum always building with evolutionary shift and change two million monarch butterflies hatch at once one or two or three or 20 begin that process by being the first ones to send out the frequency, the signal to all the monarch butterflies. And so then it becomes irrelevant who, who, who hatched first, who was the first Jesus, who was the, you know, what, whatever it, it becomes irrelevant because it's a process of expansion and evolution in the consciousness and the most um, beautiful prolific explanation i like is when single-celled organisms became an amoeba they were producing i think it was too much oxygen they were going to annihilate themselves they began to unify and form a greater creature called an amoeba and the amoeba needed more oxygen so that's the way the process goes and um, what I've often said is this process has nothing to do with the shift in the financial system and business and money being redistributed. This is a grassroots from the bottom up process, and it's been happening for eons of time. That's the thing. Our little individuated consciousness can't see that. But this has been going on for eons and eons of time, building momentum. That's what the sacred calendars of the Aztecs and the Mayans and many others show us. They're time clocks. Why did the quotation marks conquerors or the church or whoever we want to call that aspect of ourselves come out and look? to destroy all the books of the Mayan people. Why are the three most important books of the Mayans in the vaults of the Vatican? Because they're time clocks. And for the timekeepers on this planet who have maintained that sacred knowledge, 
spirit bless them for everything that they have gone to to maintain that knowledge because that knowledge and wisdom helps us understand where we are in the process of the cosmic clock so that we can understand the shifts and changes we're feeling in ourselves, the shifts and changes we're witnessing around us, the shifts and changes we're seeing in nature and so on. And so it's really a cosmological process, the Kali Yuga, you know, it's to all these different things are talked about in the sacred texts. We are but passengers in a greater vehicle that's taking us on a ride. And the joy is that we are consciously awake and aware to be feedback loop to the whole itself. That's one of the reasons we want to be awake for this process is to be able to contribute our feedback from a conscious place to the greater creation that holds all of our consciousness together. Is Jesus reincarnated? I don't know. I'm an oracle. People ask me questions. I'm not getting a yes or a no on that. The guidance is going maybe. And Christ consciousness belongs to all. It never belonged to one being. There was millions of people on crosses. There was millions of genocides, fires, the witches, all of it, genocide after genocide, when the human consciousness was rising. You know, Chile was a great example of destroying all of the artists and the poets and the thinkers, because what did that mean? It meant the consciousness was reaching a point of breaking wide open, awakening. Because when we get to the point where everyone becomes artists again, we're in the process of the greatest renaissance ever. And as everyone starts to express their story as art, because that's the final gene key in the whole human sequencing, the 64th gene is about turning the journey of suffering into art leaving behind all of the 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 you know the walking through the quagmire and the difficult parts and just bringing forth the gems and one expression that's been coming through me lately and I love it is that we started off with the last supper we all came together as these intrepid adventurers and we had our last supper together and then each one of us walked out on these branches of the tree of life of this story called human the human story and human dna we all walked out on a separate journey after the last supper to go on our own adventure and now i say we're returning for the first potluck and at the potluck, the only thing we bring back is the finest distilled dish from the journey. We don't bring back the wounding. We don't bring back the suffering. We bring back the wisdom, which is the jewels that we have gleaned from this long journey of the human heart. And we all sit down at the table of the first potluck. And this is the moment of celebration when each one of us is the embodiment of our wisdom. We are the master, we are the Christ. And we all look at each other and we're all lit up. And all we have to do is smile and laugh because we all made it together, regardless of what timeline we walked or when we were incarnated. We will sit with all the great masters because this human journey has been a collective share and we're all coming home together. And, and one thing I want to say about the Jesus piece is 
I say to people, we're not Buddha. Don't try to be Buddha. We're not Jesus. Don't try to be Jesus. Be you. Just be you. And let stories be written about you and your great hero's journey. Because that's what Buddha did, was walk the hero's journey. That's what Jesus did. And many others. And all those feminine names that have never been included in his story that we've been living by. So we're all coming home to this first potluck together. And will we see them? If we choose to. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. I, you know, as you go on, I, I have things that I want to say and then I have to pay attention because it's so deep and then I just forget, you know, so wow. Yeah. Well, once again, I agree with all of that. I think it's very powerful and insightful. Um, so I'm just going to load up more questions that I have because you just open up more questions and I'm curious what you think. Okay. So these it, they're similar concepts. So one of them I've heard, you know, it's like, there's only one of us here. Sometimes someone will write that to me or I'll see it written someone and they'll say, there's only one of us here. Just curious if you can express some insight onto that. The second can is simulation theory. That's really going out there now that we're in some sort of a simulation, you know, stuff like that. It's really, you know, picking up. That's number two. Number three is with Jay Campbell yesterday. And, uh, you know, they're more on the conspiracy side and um, that's fine because a lot of it is real. Like most, most of it is, and there's a lot of horse crap, but there's like most of it is just actually, that's the crazy information. You would never believe it because it's so dark. You can't even imagine it. Um, but I had heard this before and it was something about like when your soul dies, that there was a net that they caught us in because the earth was in some sort of, uh, um, what do they call it? Confinement. I'm forgetting the proper word for it, but they'd actually recycle us back in and trick us to come back. And now I heard that that is gone. So I'm just curious in your experience, have you heard about those things? Can you confirm or deny? And I heard that now it's gone and we're good to like ascend and we're kind of like removing these shackles that we had. And we're, although we look outside and we have humans that are still involved in the old paradigm because they can't switch it exactly because they're you know well they're they're not choosing to they're just programmed that's the way they were but we have a lot more freedom on the esoteric spiritual you know confinement type of realm go ahead great okay great <laughs> question um, <laughs> i've i've forgotten the first and second one <laughs> okay so the first okay yeah start with the third and i'll go back okay we'll start with the confinement <laughs> one um okay so um I always start with the premise of there is no us and they. So actually now that cycles back into the, there's only one of us here, which was your first question. Um, on our path, we go through different levels of consciousness. We go through, you know, the me, me, I, I, and things outside of me. And then we start to shift and we go, oh, there's a relationship between me and that thing outside of me. And then we, we realize the thing outside of us is us and so on. So once again, they're all steps in the ladder of the real of, of what awakening really is. And once we have the actual grokking of each one of these things, it's very different than how the mind can imagine it to be. So the mind will spend a lot of time pondering these concepts, but then we get the aha moment, like the moment you learn to ride the bike. 
and you're changed forever. And um, these things can just kind of lead us and guide us. But the actual experiential of what they mean is always going to be different than how the mind perceives. Um, so yeah, my, my, on my most amazing journey and adventure, I've had some um, interesting things come up that I never would have expected come up in my world. Um, dancing with those aspects of what we would call the cabal and military and so on that came out of left field for me. Um, and so what I had already learned to do at that point, because I had become very activated, was realize that the power of love can collapse any possibility. And so um, I just started to learn that if I, if I believed there was something outside of me, then I had the potential to empower it with separation consciousness, which is fear. And if I empower something outside of me going, oh, that thing is attacking me, then my fear is going to exponentiate its power to attack me from outside of me. But if I go, well, where the heck did that show up from, from my unconscious? Like, that's the last thing I would expect that's floating around in my hard drive that's now being projected outside of me. But if I just looked at it and went, well, that one kind of caught me off guard, but that's me. So where do I go to be with that part of me? I go inside of me to deal with that George Bush Dick Cheney inside of me. I go inside of myself to communicate with that aspect of me and love that aspect of me and transform that aspect of me. So what you could say in terms of the whole, um, I can't remember what container theory or whatever the wording that people are using for it. What you could say is that human consciousness as one consciousness took an exploration and it started to imagine things and then it started to think apple, produce apple into form. It started to empower its own thoughts to come into form. And then it was surrounded by all of its own thoughts in form. And then those thoughts started to, like a AI, started to take on their own will and started to do things on their own. And all of a sudden, the one self said, hmm, that thing that I empowered into form is now taking on its own will, and it's not being very good to me. That is the way that I prefer to explain all of these things, always saying it's all our creation because that's the most powerful stand to take. If I say I'm 150% responsible, then I'm in the most empowered state to change it. If I say I'm 50-50 responsible, I'm giving 50% power to the thing outside of myself. And so um, did we create a they that contained us? Quite possibly, yes. Or are we just a consciousness in a vehicle on a journey that's having different experiences that we can relate to astrological alignments and tell different stories that make sense to us? Yeah, we can do it that way too. There's a lot of different ways of making sense of the experience. But ultimately, once you tell the story and it makes 100% sense to you, 
then you can let the story go. This is where the whole thing of these few archetypal stories that religion has sold to humanity, that version of us named religion, like the story of Jesus or Buddha. So those are two limited stories of infinite potential and possibility home. If those stories speak to someone and someone goes, oh my God, I'm the embodiment of Jesus, great. Until I can say I'm the embodiment of the feminine Christ and look you in the eye and say it in neutrality with no, I'm the embodiment of, or I'm the embodiment of, but I'm not going to tell you because I'm too shy, then the matrix still has me. When I can look everyone in the eye and sit down and go, Hi, my name is Unity Grace, and I'm the, the walking embodiment of the feminine Christ. The moment I can sit down and say that in neutrality, I'm liberated from the matrix. And so that was part of my journey when I was carrying bundles to Israel for the indigenous. The guidance said, claim your role in the play. Just claim your role in the play. Tell everyone you're the walking embodied feminine Christ and see what happens inside of you and it was like i'm not gonna everyone's gonna think i'm crazy and the guy is going yeah and then the matrix still has you so try it so then i'm like okay i'm gonna swallow my fear and i'm gonna try it and then i started to let that fear come up and work with it until i was totally neutral about it and i could look anyone in the eye and say that and then the guidance said great now tell the people that you're the untouchable who cleans up the shit in the streets in india and until you can say that in neutrality or the cockroach that runs along the edge of the wall, until you can say you're all of it or none of it in neutrality, the matrix still has you. Once we can hold it all in totality and neutrality, we're free. And at that moment, we walk in this world, not of it, because we don't need an identification in order to feel whole. All right, that wraps up part one with the absolutely phenomenal Unity Grace. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. Part two is equally mind-blowing. It's equally thought-provoking. It's equally powerful. So I know you guys are going to like that. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a review in iTunes. I can't tell you how much that supports the show. And sharing episodes on Facebook or, you know, whatever, that really, really helps um, get the word out there so it can have incredible guests like Unity. Unity's definitely going to come back. So this is only part one. Part two is coming right up. Um, you can also head over to mattbelair.com forward slash store. Check out all the cool stuff I have over there, um, including resident science foundation you can sign up for the explorers lounge for free and get tons of incredible content and and be around an incredible community of people we got the art crystal we've got sync tuition we got eye pyramids we got essential oils this is all stuff that i have in my life and i'm always you know experimenting people are always giving me more stuff to um well i'm getting it myself and friends are recommending and now from the podcast people are sending stuff too so i i love being the guinea pig you know i really i really try and i experiment with these courses in self-development with uh, foods with supplements with training strategies so um it's all stuff that i use and vouch for so go check that out um soon i'm gonna put up a patreon because people keep telling me i should do that so 
I may as well uh, sort that out. And for those of you who want some coaching, I'm going to be putting a form on mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. But for now, just set up matt at zenathlete.com. And if you are looking to level up, if you're looking to deepen your meditation, start meditation, uh, live a more heart-centered life, um, we basically combine personal development, peak performance, biohacking, um, and you know my my background in business and marketing, so I kind of give you all that stuff. We formulate a plan, and um, you know, and then we go to town. It takes time. There's no overnight uh, fixes, but we do break through quite a bit of stuff. Usually a month or two in, and then we got you, we got you in the process. Because even for me, it's just consistent growth and in consistent expansion and, and change. You know, I'm I'm going through change and expansion right now, and so it's always something else. Um, so I, I have uh, coaches in my life, and they help me. Uh, just keep me accountable and help me keep me aligned when I might want to just not be aligned for a little while. So uh, happy to support anybody out there um, who would be interested in that. And that's about it. So I just want to thank you, uh, send you all of my love and energy. If you're hearing this, I'm just sending you my love and support wherever you are and in time and space on this planet, uh, past, present, future, because now these things are out in the ether. So, you know, it doesn't matter when you listen to this, I'm sending you from my here and now and wherever you are, all my love and support. And I'll just invite you to come into a state of coherence before we close. And you know how to do it. Just first set your intention to come into peace and coherence. Taking a deep breath in through your nose as you imagine this powerful gold and platinum light filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being as this light comes down from the universe, pulsing through your entire being. And just see yourself as this powerful being of light as you let that breath out slowly. And as you take in another deep breath in through your nose, I want you to imagine powerful source energy coming up from the earth, just supporting you, supporting everything that you're doing, giving you life, everything that you need on the planet. You're fully taken care of by the earth and spirit. And just see these two energies mix in the center of, the, of your heart, making your unique signature with earth and spirit and your divine will, your divine co-creation. And as you begin to feel this power and connection with earth and divine spirit, I just want you to imagine what your infinite, absolutely infinite, unlimited life looks like. If you could have anything, if you had $10 million every day deposited into your bank account, how would you change the world? What would you do? How would you grow? How would you expand? How would you experience life uninhibited? And just begin to imagine what you would do if you could just literally do anything. How would you help? What problem would you solve? What would you explore? And just see yourself doing all these things. Just allow yourself to play in this imagination realm, exploring the planet, exploring yourself, growing. Who would you have around? How would you express yourself as a human? And as you continue to Imagine all the things you do in your completely free life with the people that you'd have around. I want you to just connect to that feeling of expansion and love and gratitude and realize you can have all of those things and connect to that feeling and allow that feeling to double and amplify that feeling and amplify it one more time and amplify it one more time. And what I want you to do is I want you to send this energy out to your friends and your family. I want you to wish all of the best, all the loving, supportive energy you can for everyone you've ever met, for your, for your friends, for your community, for your city and your country, for people who have been doing harm, 
for people who are sad and depressed, for every being on the planet, I want you to send them love and compassion and your best wishes and your energy and support so they may create their infinite future. And as you hand that energy off to them, to all beings on the planet, I want you to see it come back to you like a tidal wave magnified a hundred thousand fold, a million fold, and every single being on this earth and this planet and these dimensions is just giving you all their love and support and I'm sending you all my love and support so that all your dreams can come true, that you can enjoy with peace and ease this evolutionary process of being a man or woman or whatever the case is, just just allowing yourself a life of peace and ease and growth and co-creation in the way that you want to co-create. So there you go. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you being here. If you're going around and you're doing your best to be loving and kind and compassionate to, to your, you're just literally doing your best, that is more than enough. You are taken care of. You are supported. Sometimes I know um, it can feel pretty lonely. I was there recently. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's short. Hopefully it's a short stint. But the universe is on your side. You are loved. You are worthy. You are good enough. You are amazing. You are capable of anything that you can imagine. Believe in yourself completely because no one else can do it for you. But uh, I can tell you through these these airwaves that uh, you have my love and my support so i wish you an amazing day an amazing life experience and i'll see you in the next episode Mm -hmm.